It is day three of Daf Gimel. We are holding Gemara on Daf Gimel, Amadala, five lines up from the bottom of the page. We've been learning over the last few days a clarification of the statement in our Mishnah that the Rosh Hashanah Limelachim, the new year for kings, is the first of Nisan. In other words, we said, even if a king comes to power on the first day of Adar, a month later, on the first day of Nisan, he enters the second year of his reign. That's what we've been elaborating on in the Gemara until now. Today the Gemara is going to suggest that this is only for Jewish kings, but for non-Jewish kings it's a different date entirely. Before we get into the Gemara, however, we need a little bit of background. The background is that we're going to be dealing with the Persian kings who lived around the time that the Jewish people were trying to rebuild the temple. The second base Amigdash, the building of the second temple, and the Persians are taken over from the Babylonians, and ultimately the Persians were taken over by Alexander the Great, but in between the Persians reigned, and based on the Psukim in Tanakh, there are at least four kings of Persia who reigned during that time. The first one was called Daryovesh or Darius, Daryovesh the Mede. He's the first of two people in this list of four kings with the name Daryovesh. The second one was Koresh or Cyrus the Persian. The third one was Achashverosh, who we all know well from the Purim story. And finally, the fourth one was Daryovesh the Persian. The second one with the name Daryovesh, Daryovesh the Persian. Now, the Psukim also speak about what seemingly might you might think is a fifth king, a king Artachshasta. But according to the Chachamim, according to the rabbis, Artachshasta is just a generic name for the kings of the Persian Empire. Like Paro is for the kings of Egypt, Artachshasta is for the kings of the Persian Empire. Now, from the relevant psukim in Tanakh, we can map out a bit of a chronology with eight or nine key points. Point number one, Daryovesh the Mede initially conquers Babylonia. He's the first Persian king to ascend to the head of the Persian Empire, and he begins the ascendancy of the Persian Empire. Point number two, he is succeeded by Koresh the Persian, the second of the four kings that we mentioned. In the first year of Koresh's reign, he issues a proclamation calling on the Jews to return to Eretz Israel and to start rebuilding the temple. And a party of Jews sets out for Jerusalem under the leadership of Zerubbabel and indeed begins working on the Beis Amikdash on the second temple. Point three, the enemies of the Jewish settlement in the land of Israel, they don't want the Jews to rebuild the Beis Amikdash and they send letters to the king defaming the Jews and they urge that the construction of the temple be halted. Now these letters are effective, they achieve their desired effect and the work is stopped by King Artachshasta. The question is, who is King Artachshasta? We said Artachshasta is a generic name for the kings of Persia. So the rabbis suggest Maybe this is the same Koresh who had allowed the Jews to go back to Eretz Israel and rebuild the, rebuild the temple. Or possibly this was, this was Ahasuerus who succeeded Koresh. So one of these two kings, or perhaps even a third king who reigned in between them, who's not named in the Psukim, one of these kings, either Koresh, Ahasuerus, or a third king, is the one who halted the construction of the Beis Amikdash. Now we know, the Gemara says in Megillah, the combined reigns of Daryovesh the Mede and Koresh totaled only four years, between those two kings between them. Point number four, we have the third of the four kings. Ahasuerus comes to the throne. He also receives defamatory letters from the enemies of the Jewish people and work on the Beis Hamikdash remains at a standstill during the reign of Ahasuerus. And the miracle of Purim, as we know, takes place during his reign. Ahasuerus reigns for 14 years. So we had four years of the reign of 
Daryovish the Mede and Koresh, and then 14 years of Ahasuerus' reign. Point number five, Daryovish the Persian then ascends to the throne. He is the fourth king in the list of four kings of Persia. And in the second year of his reign, the prophets Haggai and Zechariah prophesied that the Jewish people should begin again to rebuild the temple without waiting for permission, without waiting for official permission from the king. Now, when the enemies of the Jews protest, Daryovish, who is on the throne, he investigates and he finds the initial proclamation, which is predecessor Koresh, where he'd given permission already many years before for the temple to be built. And he reaffirms that permission and the work on the temple proceeds quickly. Point number six, the temple is completed on the third day of Adar in the sixth year of the reign of Daryovish, in the sixth year of Daryovish. And just over a month later, on the 14th of Nisan, the Korban Pesach is offered for the first time since the destruction of the first base of Mikdash. Point number seven, after these events, Ezra arrives in Yerushalayim and he arrives in Av in the seventh year of the reign of Artachshasta, having set out on the first of Nisan. So it works out that Ezra arrived in the in Yerushalayim about a year and a half after the Beis HaMikdash was completed and he brings with him a letter from the king authorizing him to call upon the resources of the local Persian officials. Point number eight, Nehemiah receives word from his colleague Hanani and this is going to be the subject of the first part of the Gemara we're going to learn today. Nehemiah receives word from his colleague Hanani that the conditions of the Jews in Yerushalayim are very bad and that the city walls are breached and its gates are burned. In other words, even though the Beis HaMikdash has been rebuilt, the Jewish people are not in a good way, and the city walls are breached and the gates are burned, even though the Beis HaMikdash is rebuilt. He seeks from the king and is granted permission to go to Yerushalayim and rebuild the walls of Yerushalayim. And that takes place in the 20th year of Artachshasta, as we're going to see shortly in the Gemara. Now, most authorities assume this is the same Artachshasta in whose reign Ezra's expedition took place and who the Gemara identifies as Daryovesh the Persian. Point number nine. 52 years after Daryovesh the Mede, the first Daryovesh, he defeated Babylonia, and 34 years after construction of the second base Amigdash was re- renewed by Haggai and Zechariah, Persian rule over the land of Israel comes to an end and the period of Greek ascendancy begins. And this is the history, a brief history of time of the Persian Empire in between the rule of the Babylonians and the Greeks. It should be noted there is a famous missing 169 or 170 years or so because based on Greek historians, not based on Tanakh, but based on Greek historians, there are approximately 169 more years in this history and many more Persian kings. And there is a lot of literature devoted to this, both in academic works, secular works and in rabbinic works, but they're beyond the scope of what we'll be discussing in our Shir and our Gemara. Now, having gone through the history, we can now commence the Gemara. We'll do a little bit of the Gemara today and continue tomorrow. Amar of Chista of Chista said, Lo Shonu, this rule that we learned in our Mishnah, that the new year for kings is in Nisan. That's only El Alamalchi Israel. It's only for the kings of Israel. But with respect to kings of the other nations of the world, we count their reigns from Tishrei and not from Nisan. Shene'emar, as the Pasuk says. Now, the Gemara is going to quote two Pesukim from Nehemiah, one from chapter 1 and one from chapter 2. The Pasuk from chapter 1. Divrei Nehemiah ben Chachaliah. The words of Nehemiah, the son of Chachaliah. Vayihi b'chodesh kislev shnas esrim v'chuleh. It was in the month of kislev of the 20th year. The Pasuk doesn't say explicitly what the 20th year was in reference to. The Gemara assumes that it was the 20th year of the reigning king, Artachshasta. 
but it's not written explicitly in this Pasuk. Now this Pasuk describes how Nehemiah was informed by Hanani of the sorry state of the Jews in Jerusalem, as we mentioned a few moments ago, and the fact that the city walls were breached and the Jews were in dire straits. It's what caused Nehemiah to go and ask the king for permission to go and rebuild the walls of Jerusalem and help out the Jewish community. But that's not in this Pasuk in chapter 1 of Nehemiah. It's in chapter 2 of Nehemiah. So fast forward to chapter 2 of Nehemiah. The Gemara quotes the next Pasuk. We have another Pasuk in chapter 2 of Nehemiah. It was in the month of Nisan of the 20th year of our Tachshasta. And this goes on to tell us then, this Pasuk, how Nehemiah went to speak to the king and ask him to go to Yerushalayim. So what do you see in these two Pasukim? You've got the first Pasuk that tells us it was in the 20th year, which we've assumed is the 20th year of King Artachshasta, and it was the month of Kislev. So Kislev in the 20th year of the reign of Artachshasta. And the second Pasuk is in Nisan in the 20th year of the reign of Artachshasta. So the Gemara says, esrim. We have a reference to an event that occurred in Kislev in the 20th year. And then we have an event that took place in Nisan, but in the same year, the 20th year. And presumably the event that took place in Nisan in chapter 2 of Nehemiah happened after the event in Kislev that was in the first chapter of Nehemiah. Evidently, the new year with respect to the king's reign cannot be Nisan. Because if the first event took place in Kislev, and the second event took place in Nisan, then the new year cannot be anywhere between Kislev and Nisan. Because then the event that took place in Nisan in chapter 2 wouldn't be in the 20th year, it would be in the 21st year. And therefore the new year for kings, for non-Jewish kings, cannot be in Tevet, Shvat, Adar or Nisan. Because then the second Pasuk should be talking about the 21st year and not the 20th year. So the Gemara says, look, if the new year for non-Jewish kings is not Nisan, then it must be in Tishrei. That's what the Gemara says, not Nisan, it must be Tishrei. Now there's a very obvious question here, it's one that's asked by Tosfus. Tosfus says at the bottom of the page, Tosfus says all the Gemara has really proven is that Rosh Hashanah for non-Jewish kings is not between Kislev and Nisan. It's not Tevet, Shvat, Adar or Nisan. But there are many other months. But in Nisan and Tishrei, there's many other months between Nisan and Tishrei that it could be. Sheyesh Lomar, Shehem Rosh Hashanah. They could be Rosh Hashanah. Why does the Gemara assume that if it's not Nisan, it must be Tishrei? Mikomakum, nevertheless, Tos says, hold that afikte minisan, since we've learned that it can't be Nisan, ukmea Tishrei. The Gemara assumes it should be Tishrei. We find already Tishrei is Rosh Hashanah for other things. We know Tishrei is Rosh Hashanah for other things like listed in our Mishnah Shmita. Yovel, there are other rules that it's Rosh Hashanah for. And therefore, it stands to reason, the Gemara assumes, if it's not Nisan, it's probably Tishrei. And that's basically the rationale of the Gemara. We're going to hold it over today and continue tomorrow. I wish you all a very good day.